I want to thank you for the love and support that I have in this place and in this congregation as we planted it from the beginning, uh, starting as a small group in Paul's basement. But it was always a part of our DNA that one day we would begin to go and that we would begin to send and we would begin to see God raise up a new order. And I really believe that this is the time in the generations of God's people when we're leaving behind and we're being able to break some of the traditions of men and many of the things that have had us bound. Oftentimes we think of being sent as going to a far country, and that's the only kind of being sent. But God has so many things in mind for us, so much more, so much more. He wants to lead us further in his plan that he has prepared for each and every one of us here locally, in the cities in which we live, and in the nations of the world. It's the history of God's people, and it's changing even as our God. His mercies are new every morning, as Tom prayed uh, in our prayer time. So let's pray. God of our fathers, we thank you for your faithfulness to us, that you are the God who commands history. You change the times and the seasons. You know all things before they begin. And you do a new thing in the midst of your people, not new, but an ancient thing. Lord, it's an ancient renewal of all things. It's the promises of God being made new and being made alive in our day. Lord, may we fulfill all that's in your heart for us as a congregation and as a people. B'Shem Yeshua, Mashikenu. Thank you again. Um, going down to Brazil, I can't tell this in 15 minutes, let alone an hour, right? Uh, so I went down to Brazil uh, because I'm joined together with a man of God who uh, was from Rio de Janeiro. His father is a French Jew. His mother is a Maronite Catholic. He's as crazy as I am and much more. And he's 40 years old. He's done more than I have. He's traveled the world. He's been part of the uh, uh, amazing um, kind of... Um, uh, evolution of the joining together of um, people across the whole world. And he ended up in Rio as the associate to a man who planted a Messianic congregation, Beit Tefila Yeshua. But over the last uh, 16 years of being a believer, he grew into a kind of prophet of God. He met me at the Tikkun Conference some four years ago. Two years ago, he came to me and he began to prophesy and a vision came to us, and he said, I have a blue box in my vision here, but that blue box belongs to you, John, and it's been yours all along, and you may have forgotten about it, but there are many things that God hasn't forgotten you and forgotten about that are in that box. And all of a sudden, I was aware that the, the living God was coming on me. So instead of me speaking to others, whether gently or boldly, it was being spoken to me. And the box was open. And he asked me, could he share my life? And could he be joined together with me? And would I consider fathering him? And so it went from there. How could I say no? How could I say yes? I had to pray about that. And so God joined me together with this young man, Ludwig Goulart. His father published over 60 books, mostly on Kabbalah, mysticism, and subjects of uh, poetry in the Jewish world. Crazy guy. This man's a musician extraordinaire. You will all meet him on or about December 15th as he will come to be with us for over a month. Um, so I went to Brazil the second time this year 
in October, and they had experienced some of the worst of what we've heard Tom teach about, and people have come to us from time to time uh, having to do with the distortion of what we've come to know as Messianic Judaism. Now, that's another subject entirely, but the, the trouble is happens to be centralized in Brazil. Uh, there are those of us in the Messianic movement who have also fallen prey to these things, that Jews are exclusive to have their own synagogues and to be separate from Gentiles. And by the way, we don't need you. Now, I don't think that's in the Bible, and it causes me a lot of pain because I spent a lifetime seeking unity and love and the power of God that would join us together, that would see the glory fall on our people, Israel. You know what? They won't respond to anything else. They need the genuine life of God incarnated into human beings, Jew and Gentile, one and Messiah. I'm willing to die for this. Are you? You may have to. But I'm just saying, they split these congregations. I'm not really Jewish because I'm not Jewish enough. I don't look Jewish. I don't wear the tzitzit. I don't do everything that I'm supposed to do. I don't model a Jewish life. Well, I'm not a rabbinic Jew. I'm a, I'm a follower of Rabbi Yeshua to the best of my ability to insult no man, to make peace with all men, just to give you any idea of how passionate I am. But so the congregation was split. I spent my time teaching about the love of God and how we can heal the wounds among us that would bring us together once again, starting again, in a revolution of love that would allow us to replant and bless those that went out from us instead of cursing them. And that was the upshot of my ministry in Rio to some extent. If we were to fast forward to the mission base, which let me explain something very interesting to you. Beit Tefillah Yeshua is a very unusual Messianic synagogue. In fact, it's the only one of its kind in the world. Asher has encouraged uh, us, Asher and Trader, uh, especially Ludwig, Ludwig, keep bearing this kind of fruit. This is what's needed. The synagogue was in Copacabana, an upscale area of Rio, where Jews live and, and prosper and own hotels and everything else as usual. But a vision came to them that if they obeyed the gospel and they went out, who is the gospel to first? The poor had the gospel preached to them. The Isaiah 61 mandate. Yes, it's to the Jew first, but it's also to the poor because this is what motivates Jewish people today. You want to hear what my testimony is? In my family, the thing that's caused them now to not speak against me is because they know I'm going to a mission to the poor in South America. How amazing it is. How amazing it is that we get calls from the Jewish community in Brazil to help fund some of this anonymously and not so anonymously. They recognize that something is happening that they themselves are very glad to underwrite. How can we help those who cannot help themselves? So what if it's in the name of Yeshua? Praise the Lord. So anyway, the last night of my stay there, um, a man rushed the door with a knife, dropped the knife. He ran in, shaking just like he would in the days of Philip. When Philip went down to Samaria, they moved the, the synagogue, see, away from Copacabana to a place called Mangiera, and it's a favela. It's a place that doesn't exist in the United States. We don't have them. 
where tens of thousands of people live in squatter-built cities, in the big cities of Brazil. It's amazing. But there's a different kind of ministry available because of that. So they located the synagogue in the favela, 15 minutes from all the luxury in the world. And what that's done is it's caused a revolution of love and salvation to come to many. Well, anyway, the guy rushes the door, comes in, shaken like a leaf, falls into the arms of a big associate leader there who happens to be a military man, skilled in the arts of uh, combat. And we begin to lay hands on him. The evil spirits come out just as it was in the day of Sodom, right in front of everybody that we're trying to reach with this message. No, we're not crazy. We relocated in a place like this, not to put on our fancy garments and come on Shabbat service, but to live seven days a week, one day of rest, in the midst of a people that can't help themselves. And so it's become a mission base and a synagogue, just to give you an idea. We uh, also had a conference in um, the San Paulo area. Um, many, many, many young people are uh, attending these conferences because the young leaders are around Ludwig. And uh, the last night of the conference, just to, to cap this off, uh, at least for the conference, uh, he had one of the men that became a believer as a result of their ministry in Rio testify. This was a young man found in a dumpster asleep. Well, he was testifying and preaching about Yeshua, about Jesus, the Messiah. One year later, he's now on staff helping others to do the same. I'm telling you, when you go at God's command and you do something radical, you're willing to begin to go counter to the culture because the Jesus revolution can happen again. God will speak on your behalf. Where is the Lord? He's at the front of the procession to touch those who are broken. So here he was testifying. All those young people, I mean, we broke barriers we couldn't believe that night. We had a vision of a glass barrier, like a thick glass. We were looking through it. They, they were trying to break through, the young people, hundreds of them. How can we break through what we're in and move out? That night, the testimony of that man who was delivered from crack and alcohol, started out just like you, ended up in a dumpster. You know, we got a lot of them in this country, folks. There's not a lot of people that didn't hear about Jesus in this country. But they're the sons and daughters and grandchildren and great-grandchildren of people who once knew him. And they're under a curse. And they're in sin. And many of them are out there doing all kinds of crazy things that you wouldn't imagine unless you can remember what you were like before you were saved. So all I can leave you with, since I don't have much time today, is to say that this is the kind of thing that was happening again and again and again. We opened a mission base in Sao Paulo during those days when I was there. And homosexuals came that heard two blocks away, they block and a half away, they said they heard a voice, and it was in English. And the guy was an English speaker. Now, you wouldn't know him. You wouldn't know he was a man. But he came in that door, sat down that day, and the same thing happened about like the knife wielder. He was delivered. He was saved. Don't know what he'll do with it, but we offered him the opportunity. Come back every day. You know what you're going to face out there on those streets. But God 
is leading the way in the future. May he do so here in Kansas City as well. There's so many things we could talk about, Richard. I'm sorry. I need to take over the service. I can't help myself. <laughs> Give him the hook. <laughs> How can they go unless they're sent? Amen. How can we, who should be going, have the courage to do it? Because we have the grace to do it. We don't. We get strong here. We have love here. We have a hospital here. We have teaching ministry here. So we can go and do the same as our apostles. Everything in that book in every Tavashah was written in the context of going on mission in the midst of a people that should have known the difference, but they didn't. They were all Jews. They needed the Torah. They had had it since youth, yet some of them were in the, in the tombs, and others were prostitutes and tax collectors, and that's whom we should go after. The Jews that are like that, and that's what I want to do this morning. I challenge you to think about how you can do it and how you can serve the Lord in your life better with regard to sowing into the lives of people in your sphere of influence. That's discipling the nations. Amen. Let's, amen, give the Lord some thanks. Hallelujah. Let's pray for, let's pray for that congregation. John, this is really good. We've been walking alongside John with this uh, journey to Brazil for a while and just praying into it and just having a sense like John's supposed to be helping out with this. Um, it's, it's an impossible task down there in some ways. If the Lord doesn't do it, it, it can't happen because there's mass identity confusion down there uh, in the Messianic movement. They really need help with understanding their identity in Yeshua and this unity with distinction between Jew and Gentile. They need a lot of help. So John's putting his whole heart and life into helping some brothers out, and Ludwig is a good brother. And it's amazing. It's true. I mean, they moved from this, you know, what would you say, middle class well, suburb to the poorest of the poor, and that's where their congregation now meets. So this is this is pretty radical. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's so let's pray for the congregation. Can you pray, John? And we'll agree with you. God of our fathers, the same God who sent them all out. Lord, give us a heart like our father Abraham, the one who crossed over, the one who left the things that were familiar to him, the things, Lord, that he knew, and he went out at your command. Lord, we pray that each one of us would be on mission, that this congregation would set the tone for both that which is stable and permanent and that which is on mission, that we would be on mission before our God, that, Lord, you would awaken those that are asleep and that you would empower those that are hungry and willing and that you would speak to all of us where we are and grant to us the grace to see ourselves in this great mission of our God, visitation of his son Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah, the answer for this great city and for our world today, for our people Israel, Lord, that if we go and that if we obey and that we respond in this hour of darkness, that the light will come and the light will dawn and many of our people in this great nation will be saved. And so there will be a great testimony of Jewish people coming to know their Messiah even before the time 
Lord, we thank you for Hashem Yeshua. And Lord, we ask that you bless Ludwig and Betafila, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on this congregation meeting amongst the poor. Lord, resource them with people and with uh, the necessary provision to do works of mercy and reveal the goodness of Yeshua. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. Thanks, bro. All right. Do we have any?